Dude, I'd rock out with that, man. <laughs> what is going on, everyone? Once again, welcome to Flyer and Ice Pod. I am Dan Green with Vance, Mr. Smooth Crew, Nikki Nuts, Crisco. We are powered by the Heat Ratio Sports Network. We are sponsored by Fuse Barbershop and our new sponsor, NV Streams. Ladies and gentlemen, Woo! NV Streams will make you cut the cord. It will make you not consider YouTube. It will make you not consider um, Hulu Live, Envy Streams, thousands upon thousands of channels, reasonable prices, and unbelievable customer service. Check them out. Envy Streams. Love it. 702 at Gmail. If you have any questions, reach out to them. Envy Streams, 702.com, the website. A must the have. Nick Vance Stream. <laughs> well, I think it's. Pretty, I'm, I, kidding, I'm kidding. I think I'm it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I'm not sure what the NV stands for. Nevada, perhaps. But anyway, they're phenomenal. I've been using them, and uh, the awesome. the positive it's overwhelming how many channels you have, but you you come up with a system on how to save your channels. But NV Streams is a must. Check them out. So again, we are Flyers and Ice. Please check us out on. Um, all podcasting sites, uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, we're everywhere. Um, subscribe on YouTube to the Heat Ratio Sports Network and follow us. And here we go. So, gentlemen, the Flyers just finished a three-game road trip. Not just. They've had a few days off. And I think before we started the – um, last the or before we ended our last year, we kind of had a prediction on how we thought they would have done, and I think we were all in the one, one, and one, or you know, one win, one flat out loss, maybe a loss in overtime. Um, we all kind of went with chalk with Edmonton being the loss. And we probably thought we'd have a bounced back against um, Vancouver. And I was concerned with Calgary because they were on a tear. Um, they hadn't not had a lead in like five or six games entering the, the contest against the Flyers. So they concerned me and it was justifiable. So I, I think I was in the one win, one loss and one overtime loss mode. But I would have been wrong. And I'm 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 glad to say this year I, I would have been wrong because the Flyers are proving me wrong uh, more more so than not. And I love eating crow with this hockey team. Um, so I'll start with you, Nikki Nuts. What were your thoughts on the Western Canadian road trip, and how do you think um, they looked in particular against Edmonton? First and foremost, I did go three and two last week in the uh, Canadian series. Um, I also think they played remarkable getting out of their zone. Um, Calgary is a fast, fast team, um, and they're a hot team. I thought they would have a letdown in that game. So, of course, I did say Edmonton, they would lose Edmonton and then win Vancouver and Calgary because I thought they would have a letdown game, but it was the other way around. Uh, they they played remarkable. They're a good good squad and their coach is really good i think he coaches very well uh sutter oh yeah sutter's um, a sutter's a a damn good coach i mean he won cups with uh 
the Kings. He was a legendary captain yep. when he played. Um, Vance, Edmonton. Were you surprised Edmonton. how the Flyers hung in with them? Uh, based off of what I've seen so far this year, then no. I think the Flyers pretty much held serve and pretty much outplayed Edmonton. They outshot him, what, 37 to 34. I believe they outhit him. They won the faceoff battle. Um, so they pretty much won in every facet of the game. And again, you know, what they did defensively, you know, they allow Hart to see the puck, although he did have a chance to make a few really good stops on Dreisaitl and, and McDavid in particular. Um, I think he saw the puck really, really well, and the guys in front of him played well. So the Flyers had a great a great game that game. They did everything that they needed to do to win. No, I agree. They they had they they had a lot of jump. And one of my questions, which I'll get to later about team speed, will address. But their, their their team speed is really impressing me as well. Um, I thought the Vancouver game was just a really good hockey game. It was a really tight hockey game that could have gone either way. The statistics were like straight across the board identical. In fact, I think that was the only game this year that the Flyers have lost the faceoff battle. Um, to any team. That's how good the Flyers are with faceoffs. And uh, Nick, before before you joined us, Vance and I always would address the importance of faceoffs. That's a stat that I really truly believe in. Um, you know, imagine how bad the Flyers would have been last year if they weren't even. They were a great faceoff team last year as well. Um, that's the first step of getting the puck out of your zone. Mm-hmm. So they, they so to win the game against Vancouver after losing the faceoff battle was quite impressive. And and Calgary. I understand your logic on that about, you know, thinking that Calgary would have a letdown, but you know, the Flyers also had the end of the road trip potential letdown. And like, and like I said, Calgary is just on fire. Um, they, they were as hot as their logo. So, um, but again, if all of us would have taken a two and one road trip, yes, I think we would have uh, said, sign me up. So they're two and one. And based on that series, gentlemen, which players um, stood out for you on that road trip? And uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum, which ones did you feel, you know, were a little qu- too quiet or might be trending in the quiet direction? I'll start with you, Nikki Nuts. Who stood out for you and who seems to be quiet? I think Rest and started stepping up uh, in the defensive role. Um, I thought he played a big role in the Vancouver game. Uh, he He's the guy that we had like questions about because he was coming off an injury. He uh, made a couple really bad passes when he first came back, but I think he's sliding right into that role that we need him to be as an enforcer defenseman. And I think he's been playing solid. As far as the guy that I need gone is Braun. He is horrible. Wow. I don't, I don't, I, he, he's not showing me anything. There's no, there was no bigger Braun, um, anti-Braun guy than me, but I have to say, I, I disagree with you, Nicky Nuts. Really? I, I think Braun has played very solid this year. Um, no, I, I completely disagree. Um, I, I wanted him moved on for some of the younger kids, but I think he's been really solid. Um, Am I crazy, Vance, or is is our friend Nikki Nuts uh, consistently crazy, Vance? <laughs> Love you, Nikki. No, I think we could all watch a game and see something a little bit different, but I tend to agree more with you, Dan. I think he's been solid so far, not spectacular. Yeah, ne- never spectacular. He's when he's, You're talking about a third-pairing defenseman, right? 
you just want him not to hurt you. And right now he's not hurting you. So, you know, I think he, I think he's fine for the role that he's in. No, like, but I get, I get what you're seeing, Nick. I think, I think what you're seeing is exactly what Vance said. No, there's nothing flashy. Yeah. There's, yeah. But exactly. he's not, he's not giving the puck away. He's not looking lost out there. In fact, your point to the line in, I agree with you. Um, prior to that little um, road trip, he was a little loosey goosey with the puck. And, and Nick and I, Nick Tossi, by the way, Nick the Scout is at the game scouting for us tonight. <laughs> so he that's why he's not with us. But Nick the Scout um, was referencing how Risto does what he calls the suicide pass, where he just wraps it around the board quickly at almost like, uh, I don't, you know, get out, get it off my stick. And then the forwards get buried along the wall by the um the opposing team you know for checking so if, if take a look when when you see a defenseman that is stressing out or is not on his game watch for the the wraparound pass along mm-hmm. the board that to me is an indication of fear i don't want the puck on my stick or they're still injured yeah and i think I think Ristolainen hopefully is um, gradually getting healthier. There's no doubt that there was something wrong with him. He still hasn't destroyed people along the boards like like he had in Buffalo. And I I, want, I think once he's fully healthy, we'll see that back in his play as well. Now, Vance, were, were there any guys on um, the road trip that um, jumped out at you and that you feel um, were a little quiet? <sighs> you know, to be honest, I thought – I thought the top three lines played really, really good. I mean, we can always talk about that bottom line, but I even think the guy McEwen, he looks pretty, he looks yeah. pretty solid to me. Just doesn't hurt you out there. He doesn't, he doesn't hurt you. And he plays a nice hard game along the boards. Um, you know, the good thing about this year, guys, so far through X amount of games, what have they played? Eight games, I believe. If we can only point to, you know, guys on the fourth line like Knack not playing well and needing to be moved out of the lineup, that's a good sign. Um, because coming into the series, what we knew is your best players needed to play their best in order for you to win two of these three games, and that's exactly what happened. You know, they got really good games from Atkinson, Couturier, Giroux, um, Farabee. You know, all of those guys played really, really well, and that's how they were going to go on this road trip and win this road trip. So, yeah, I think more guys have played well and more guys are trending in a positive direction than guys that I can look at and say he's not really – Playing well, I think it's, it goes along with that that old line: "All boats rise together." Yeah, that's a that's a great line. And I'll tell you, the guy that's impressed me the most this year is Claude Giroux. Um, how many times, even in his heyday, did he have that slow start where you like he was clinching the stick really tight, like he hadn't scored that first goal yet to like the fifth or sixth game? The guy started off the season in a consecutive it was a six or seven game point streak. So, and and when when you do that, your confidence is just going to be flying. Now, the guy, a guy that I'm not concerned with, but you know, Farabee has slowed down a little bit. He was on fire, so you know, I I I want him to be that steady presence. Where I don't want to see too many games in a row without a goal. If you know what I mean, Vance, where you, you just got to get goals out of him. But I I I think he'll be fine. Um, again, I, I'm I'm very pleased. I'm very pleased. Um. Dan, and I think least, go ahead, Nick. I th- I think TK needs to be a little bit more consistent. There's some games where it just looks like he just mails it in, and I would like a more consistent game out of him on every night basis. Um, that that's what I saw in in him, 
so, and it was even last year. He like have like a really good week, and then he takes off like a half a week. And I, I, I would really love to see him be more consistent of a player throughout the entire playing time. There's, uh, there's sometimes there's lines where you're like, you didn't even know he was on the ice, and that that's that's a problem. No, you're right. You you wanted him to be the presence that Farabee and Atkinson yes. are every game. Yep. I totally get that. But Vance, would you agree though, if he's not scoring, he better at least show up in the back check, which was a big flaw of his last year. And I believe he's at least doing that. Vance? Yeah, I agree. I think he's a he's a higher energy player. You know, sometimes when you're playing well, it doesn't always result in goals, mm-hmm. you know, or or scoring chances. But I think he, you know, the one thing that I can say about Konechny from what I've seen with him this year is he looks responsible. Um, the back check. Really, you know, all you can ask from a player game in and game out is for him to be responsible. And this team, you know, from top to bottom, it's the biggest difference from this year to last year. They they all seem to know what their roles are and that they're all responsible. Billy. William, William Phillips checking in. We appreciate you, William. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so again – for viewers that enjoy our show that maybe like the banter but aren't hockey experts, and we don't claim to be hockey experts. We just watch a lot of hockey. You know, do, do are we coaching, you know, at the junior level, college? No. But, again, I referenced the suicide pass. Watch for watch for defensemen that just wrap it, wrap it around the boards quickly. And and to Nick's point, yeah, if, 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 if Konechny isn't scoring often, then I want you to keep your eye on is at least back checking. Well, is he defensively responsible and Nick and, and he has used the word responsible. And that's, that, that's important because last year he was neither at times. So that's, that's what I want you to look out for is uh, any player that you're focusing on for goal scoring, check out their responsibility on defense. That's just as important. Our main man, Al checking in. Stop, Al. Al will check in and then fade away real fast. <laughs> just to let us know he's around. I love, love it, him. though. We love Al. Al I love it. Check out Half Court Heat. That'll be back soon with Al, Andre, and Tony, the best in the business. All right. So we're, we're moving right along here. We're moving right along. So do you believe, and I, I think I already know the answer to this question, do you think the loss to Calgary will roll off their back or – be of, of concern to the coaching staff did have they did they might have they did they see something they might not have liked on film and it caused concern or is it just one of those games Vance what do you think I think it's just one of those games I think the Flyers if I'm not mistaken they played three games in four nights right mm-hmm. so it's one of those things you're on a you're on a western you know western conference road trip you're playing late you know you have one game off you know and one day off in four days and it catches up to you after a while. And you run into a really hot team like Calgary who's playing really, really well. So, you know, I just think it's one of those things. It's the ebb and flow of the season, the peaks and valleys. These are the things that that happen. Um, as far as, you know, how they move forward, I think that's a big part of the reason why they made the trades that they made this offseason to get rid of guys like, you know, Voracek and some of the other guys because, you know, bringing in more veterans like, you know, Atkinson and Ellis and guys like that. I don't think complacency is going to set in with this group the way that it did with groups in the past because guys have been here year in and year out, outlived the coaches, outlived the GM. So I think this is a different this is a different team this year. 
No, I agree. You can't, you can't every time a team loses, you know, say the sky is falling, the sky is falling. So I, I, I totally agree. I just wanted to pose a question. Nick, are you in agreement as well? Yeah, I, I definitely am. And as long as they're blocking shots for this goalie, which is a huge difference between last year and this year, when they're doing that, they're giving all kinds of time to react, to deal with rebounds. I think that's that's the biggest part of their game right now is that they're all buying in to blocking shots for this goalie and whoever goalie is in there. They're playing well, whichever goalie is in. And they're not, like, going one way or another. It's pretty much the same as far as being on the defensive end of the ice, which is awesome to see. Now, I believe what the Calgary game at first uh... – Correct me if I'm wrong, gents. I believe it was like five minutes left in the period, and Calgary had three shots. We had two shots, and I think I, I think each team at one point blocked each team blocked almost twenty shots that game. It was insane. Both teams were. I mean, listen, we lost four nothing, but it was a close game until the end. It wasn't wasn't, wasn't like it was a blowout. Yeah, they they, they we they just wore us down. Uh, there's there's no doubt about it. They were the better hockey club that night. But Nick, to your point. They're selling out. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Vance's point, they're giving Hart, a, Hart and Jones a better vision in front of yep. the net. So everything that defense needs to do, uh, giving your goalies a line of vision, back checking, selling out, blocking shots, this team is buying in and doing it. So tonight, tonight we have the Arizona Coyotes. In my opinion, the worst team in hockey. Bet the over. They have... They have, I believe, 14 goals in nine games, like 1.4 goals per game. Uh, They're minus 25 in goal differential. They're just not a good hockey team. Now, gentlemen, is there, William referenced the, um, he, he mentioned the fly, Flyers over five goals tonight. Um, that's all well and good. Is there, is there any chance they take this team lightly? I'll start again, Nick. Well, in the last, um, right now, coyote, uh, the coyotes are a hundred percent on the over. So if anybody is looking at the odds, I think it's five and a half goals total for the game. They've been a hundred percent in the over category. So, that's why I think the over is a good play if you're a betting man. Well, first of all, good point, Nick and Leslie. Love the comment. Thank you, Leslie. Leslie, uh, Leslie, saying I'm a silent viewer, but I thought I'd say hello. Love watching you guys. Not a hockey expert, but enjoy watching the game. I'm actually learning a lot from you. That comment means a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you. And William is agreeing spot on with you, Nick. Um, he, he, I think he thinks it's going to be a, uh, a route and a high scoring game for the Flyers. Um, Vance, what are your thoughts on the Coyotes and potentially taking them lately? Well, the Coyotes are what you call Coyote ugly, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think the Flyers take them lightly tonight, especially coming off, you know, maybe if they had, you know, won the first two games and, or won the first game, you know, maybe lost the second game and won the third game. Maybe they take them a little bit lightly. But, again, it goes back to the point that I made earlier. I think 
that's why they made the trades that they made, you know, not to get complacent this year. So I think ultimately, you know, that's why they win this game. I think they have a group of veterans that are hungry. They've got new guys here um, who want to win. So, you know, this game, I think, is a I think it'll be a fairly easy game for them. I mean, their goalie's not bad. Kirill Vegmelko, he's not a he's not a bad goalie. He's he's a, he's an athletic kid, and I believe Carter Hart starts tonight. So um, I'm glad to see I'm glad to see that they're not, you know, saying let's let's play Jones tonight and sit hard. I, I like the fact they're starting Carter Hart. Um, and it's a little post Halloween, but we have a little bit of a theme. We have the return of the ghost tonight, right? So that'll be interesting. Um, I wish no ill towards God's despair. I just want him to um, turn the puck over for us. You know, Then we're guaranteed at least two turnovers. He, he has to be consistent. It's only fair. <laughs> I agree. All right. So now, again, I don't want us to look ahead. We have a nice, hopefully complete game tonight, a nice win, and we'll go with Williams' predictions. Let's let's say it's going to be like a 6-1, to 6-2 to type of game. Um, now we go on the road and face Pittsburgh and then Washington. Vance, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on that little mini road trip on the, you know, we're staying bus ride distance. What are your thoughts on those two games? Um, I think that's tough, but I think, you know, again, what we're looking for is a split, you know, whether it's Pittsburgh or Washington, you're looking for a split and more than more over than more so than anything, you're looking for the flyers to really go up and play well. Um, you know, ultimately at this time of year, guys, like I, I've kind of like changed the way that I look at the season. I look at it by quarters, you know. So I think if you if the Flyers go there and you know go one and one or even play well, I think that bodes well for them in the future. No, and I'm in, I'm in a complete agreement. I, I think I think they definitely take the Pittsburgh game and and Washington's playing like an elite team this year. And you almost have the men have to have the mentality. Listen, I know you have to steal wins on the road, but if you're a damn good hockey team, which Washington is it's no crime to lose in their barn if they're a damn good hockey team do you know what I'm saying so a split would not be a horrible thing Nicky nuts your thoughts I I think I think Pittsburgh is always a uh uh coin flip uh, that it just makes me nervous they they always play tight with each other and that could go either way. Washington, I always think they just have our number. I hate the fact that I feel that way, but it just they they always feel like they struggle at some point in the game that makes the Washington look so much better than us. And so I I, I hope that we go one and one with those two games. You know why they always have our number, Nick? They've always been a better team the past ten years. Yeah. They're just a fine hockey team. I mean, listen, they've been a Stanley Cup contender um, for years now, and and they're not, they're aging like a fine wine, aren't they, Vance? Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, their guys. You know, Ovechkin doesn't show any signs of slowing down. I mean, Oshie's still playing really, really well. Um, yeah, I think he was hurt really, last really, game. Though. They're a really good hockey team, and they, you know, their supplemental players, the guys that they surround them with you know, all play really well, too, and all the talented. So, yeah, they're a good team. And the same can be said for Pittsburgh. You know, they they had many stretches without Malkin and Crosby, and they, they've drafted well, and they have nice complimentary players as well. And that's one of the things we discussed last week with Toronto, having five guys 
pretty much hogging over 50% of the salary cap. Your complimentary players won't necessarily be there. And it's almost like the, it's almost like NFL when the quarterbacks get all that money, it's like the rest of the team suffers with depth, but the, the teams that have balanced depth and have good contracts seem to be the teams that, you know, will go the, go the long distance or go the distance, I should say. So let's, let's wait, wait, I, William, man, you're going to show up more often. Ovechkin is, is, is the dude to score as well. I remember them being one of the best comeback teams. Listen, that guy in today's hockey, considering he's going to either, I think he recently passed Marcel Dion and he's on his way to pass. Um, who was it? Um, Mark Messier. No, I'm not. He's he was, he was like two goals away. The, the bottom line in today's NHL where, where goaltending can sometimes outshine the offensive game or defense. I mean, when, when I was growing up in the, in the eighties as a, as a, as a young, you know, elementary kid, kid to a teenager. I mean, I always say this, you, you rolled out of bed and scored 150 points. Howard Chuck had 150 points. Um, Al McGinnis, a defenseman, you know, had well over 100 points. Um, obviously, Lemieux and Gretzky were always pushing 200 points. So for Ovechkin to be this prolific a gold scorer, it, it's just phenomenal. In today's age of hockey, he might be the greatest pure goal scorer. Forget about what the final numbers say, considering the era he's playing in. He is that dynamite. I mean, it, it, yeah. he's just he's just he's just a dynamite goal scorer. He's been healthy for the most part too. Yeah, well, that's part of that's part huge. Of, well, he he probably has a phenomenal conditioning program. I'm Some sure people, and, and and today today's athletes they age they age very well. You can't so that, hurt that, Russia. That's can't a, that's hurt Russians. <laughs> yeah, that's I guess a, a lot of vodka. And, and <laughs> exactly. Out. Um. Yeah, I got so, a question for you. Is okay, and this goes back to like the goalie the thing. Let me. Would you rather have two? goalies that are like tandem or would you rather have that really star goalie that you throw a ton of money at what would you prefer because um, I, I personally would rather have the two two goalies that are um reliable and use the money elsewhere versus having a premier goalie like let's say uh Tampa Bay's goalie Vaskalev Vasilevsky. I know I'm saying that wrong, Vasilevsky, but Vasilevsky. What, 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 how do you guys feel about that? Do you guys, um, listen, it, the flyers have ignored goaltending for years, right? It, 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 since a young Hextall, have we really felt confident long-term with a goalie? You know, Boucher was the next thing. Didn't turn out that way. Check Monik. Could he be the next Dominic Hasek for us? Didn't turn out. Um, the bottom line is they got Hart signed to a really modest contract. And Vance, if you recall, we had a guest that behind the scenes said he probably, he turned down money that he probably regrets. Right. And then he had that bad year. And I, we can't reveal the guest because we don't want to like, that's like kind of inside information. He turned down a pretty big contract before he started wetting the bed last year. So we have, we have a, hopefully our goalie under a reasonable contract. Now, you know my love affair for Igor Shosturkin. You know, he's splitting time with Georgette. So I, 
I, I like the one-two punch to some extent. I, you know, I really, if Martin Jones, God willing, he'll have a great year for us. But if Martin Jones started off just stale, I would have, I would have loved to have a, a young, a young duo of Hart and Sandstrom and goal. But do I want nine million dollars tied up in, in in any position in goaltending? I I don't know. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think we lucked out. Let's heart let's hope Hart bounces back and just becomes a damn good goalie, and we have him for four million a year, I believe. So we have him we have him at a re- reasonable price. Vance, your thoughts? Um, I think the goalie tandem works really well in the regular season. Um, I think when you get to the playoffs, I think you need you need that guy. Um, you saw in, in Vegas, you know, when they tried to go back and forth between Flurry and Lerner last year that it really didn't it really didn't work out so well. I think you have to have pick that guy, you know, when you're going into the playoffs that you're going to ride and, and win with. I, I just don't I think it works great during the regular season and it's 82 games and you really need it. But when you get to the playoffs, you have to ride the best, the hottest hand. Right. And, and Richard brings up a good point. And he's agreeing with Vance. Um, you do have the premier goalies that like to carry hearts of the world that that you that you can ride their ride their coattails to the playoffs. But I also could counter that, Richard, with the 2010 Flyers. It was, it was Boucher and Layton were, were spectacular that playoff season. Um, I remember a year where Kevin Weeks was spectacular for the Hurricanes and took them deep, on a deep playoff run. So, yeah, you, you can have – listen, if Carter Hart didn't have that blip last year and he was making $7 million a year and he was our goalie – listen, you, you've heard Nick and I talk about ride the hot goalie and, and mix in the backup maybe on back-to-backs or against a weak opponent. You know, and so it, it, it's, it's tough. Um you know, wasn't there the wasn't there the rumor that um, Seattle was going to make a play for 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 uh, for um, Carey Price when Montreal yeah. didn't protect him? Now I don't know if Montreal did that because they anticipated his personal problems coming to light, and they or they, or they just wanted to get out of his contract. But um, ultimately, Seattle didn't. I mean, Grubauer was <laughs> was a great acquisition at a less you know, a much lower price than carry price. But that's, that's an interesting question. Um, do, ultimately, I want a great goaltender. And I don't, I don't, I, I to, to, to make, to, to quantify a goalie's qualities based on his contract. You know, you could, you could say there's some overpriced goalies too. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we have that goalie and we have him at a reasonable price. And, and real fast, before I forget to move on, I wanted to bring this up with Calgary and, and the goaltending topic is triggering it for me. Vance, who did I pick last year to win the um, Vezina Trophy? See, I remember your pick. You just don't remember my story. I can't, <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I picked Jacob Markstrom. Okay. And... You know why I picked Jacob Markstrom? You saw him the other night. Now, granted, the Flyers weren't—they didn't—they ha- didn't have any high intense scoring opportunities. I think they had a total of twenty shots on goal. But the dude's got three shutouts already. He's a six-foot-six goalie, I believe. Just a really damn good goalie. So, you know, and I'm—you I, know, Richard, maybe you could look this up for me. What his contract is, uh, um, Jacob Markstrom? 
But you know, you know, if he's making eight nine million dollars a year, there's your there's your answer. Yeah, I you, you ride a goalie like that, and Calgary's you know a, a hell of a buck for for Winnipeg. You know they have their established number one goalies, and then you have the the um, Georgiev and Shesterkin platoon, as it were. More Shesterkin now. I, it wasn't it befuddling how they started um, Georgiev the first game, Vance, and Shesterkin's taken over and it got like a almost a nine. 950 save percentage. Yeah, Shesterkin to me, I mean, I think he proved last year that he was always the superior player. Right. Between the two. So that's a little that's a little odd. And by the way, uh, Markstrom is six million per year. Yeah. I mean, listen, I will take a six million. Would you I would take that in a heartbeat for a yeah. goalie like that versus a nine million dollar goalie. Markstrom's as when he's on, he's as good as it gets. Um so and, and the capitals kind of have like a platoon system, as it were. So Nick, your point is very valid. It's it's um, it's really. It's, what is your preference, Nick? I I I like the two goalies to be honest with you that are playing equally or one is slightly better because I think that let gives you the the freedom to go out and sign a free agent like a, a Eckel. You know, it it gives you more options to to wheel and deal if you have two solid goaltenders. And you're not throwing a ton of money into just one goalie and riding them all year long. What if he gets hurt? You always have that backup that's that's that you can hold at least half a half half the time that the guy's out. That really helps. I mean, what do we have? We had like five goalies last year. <laughs> at well, one point, that was it was it was it was the year before. Yeah, the year we, before the year before the right. the bubble. Yes, we, we had like yep. the most goalies in the history of the league address, wow. but um, no, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, again, if you have a goalie that is making eight, nine million a year for six years and they go South on you, then you have, um, right. You have, um, Brzezgalov all over again. So it, it's kind of it's it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't moment. Richard, That's why checking I just in. brought it up because no, I was no, curious I, to see how question. you guys felt about that because I heard a question today and it, it sparked my mind saying, you know what, I kind of like the way we have it. I think we're doing. I, I like that having two goalies that you could put in at any given time and have them produce. Well, the thing is, and Richard, thank you. Six for thirty-six. I'll take that every day of the week for for a stud goaltender. Versus, you know, I think Price is making, what, eight or nine vans? I believe so. But honestly, Nick, let's face it. Carter Hart's the guy. I mean, Martin Jones is going to get spot starts. Carter Hart's the guy. Wow, Vance, did you hear that? He said, Carter Hart's the guy. Oh, I, that's, words, words I, I never I, thought that, I'd hear him say, Nick. You know. I know, right? I, know, I, don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe him to be the guy. But he that's 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 the... I think the mindset the Flyers have. I and love again, hearing it, though. Listen, <laughs> if you go down the goalie list, there's a lot of guys I'd rather have on this team than Carter Hart. And I'm not trying to be a, a, a jerk and a hater. I mean, I want the kid to do well. I just I, – I'm not feeling it like everybody else. So, Dan, I, let, me, let me ask you a question. So, with that being said, do you think sometimes in Philadelphia – I know we have a tendency to overrate our players, but do you think that sometimes we look at a guy like Carter Hart and maybe we underrate him because, you know, Nick Tosti says all the time how good 
he believes Carter Hart really is. But because we see his warts, we see him play every night, you know, we judge him a little bit more harshly than we would mm-hmm. a guy from another team. Um, no. Okay. Real fast. Look at look look at the uh, number that Price is making. That's insane. That's insane. That's almost eleven million a year. That's insane. So yeah. Yeah, that's now you know why he was left unprotected. Um Vance, I don't think I think all of Nick's commentary was based on his juniors perform his junior performance and his history as a as a young great goaltender. Um it hasn't manifested yet in the pros other than his initial call up, right? You know, the, the stretch where he played for us. Um, his first, you know, the bubble year, he was damn good. But I need to see it put together, you know, for, for a stretch of years. Um, and, you know, this year, I have a critical eye. There's no doubt about it. My eye is critical. He's played solid. I don't think he's played great, but he's played solid. I mean, he he was just got awful last year. Combination with the poor defense, I get it. And I think the poor defense destroyed his confidence. There's no doubt about it. But as Richard referenced, he also let in some just god-awful goals, which I think goes back to the confidence because of the horrific defense. That's what Al Morgani said. Yeah, but... He's, he said that, that exact statement. Right, but... Hopefully he can bounce back. And Al also said, I based on now, Al said, based on the people I talk to, I think he'll bounce back. Right. Al didn't commit to himself saying, I, Al Morgani, have faith in him. He said, the people I talk to, the people I trust, said he'll bounce back. And, and Nick's one of those guys because Nick actually saw him play. That's why he's Nick the Scout. All right, let's move on. That, that was an intriguing question, Nicky Nuts. And, and, and thank you for bringing it to our attention. Um, so I, I brought this up earlier. The West always appears to be a faster conference. How do you think we looked in the speed department when we played them advanced in those three games? Um, to me, it wasn't a noticeable difference. Um, you know, mainly, you know, do I think the Flyers are a little bit better skating team this year? I believe that they are. Um, you know, Atkinson, I think, is a good skater. Um, Yandel still a good skater for his age. Um, Ellis, when he's playing, is a good skater. I think the difference is, is that the Flyers have just cut down on their mistakes. And we talked about it last week. You know, when you're able to move the puck and you're able to put the puck on a guy, you know, you're going to you're going to look faster because you're not you're not stopping your momentum, you know, to stop and get the puck or you're not, you know, stepping back to get the puck or anything like that. So the Flyers, to me, they've done all of the little things well. You know, and that makes them look faster to me. And fans, to your point, and I've answered this question to a lot of people, you know, it, it, it always seems like the Flyers have that all-training pattern of making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. And and people always go, when you watch the playoff, isn't it like watching a different brand of hockey than when the Flyers play? And I, my response is, well, playoff teams are there for a reason. They probably make great outlet passes in their in their defensive zone. They probably hit players in stride. Um, and not yep. th- not not make passes in the guy skates. Yep. And we've referenced it before. The analogy of a good crisp pass in hockey is is a quarterback leading the receiver in stride so he can run after the catch. Same thing applies in hockey. If you have tic tac toe passing, your team will look faster. You'll yep. get to openings faster. So 
the Flyers aren't necessarily a slow team. They just were not a crisp passing team last year. Agree 100%. Because when you see Lawton sometimes rev up his engine, JVR rev up his engines, they they can skate. Atkinson mm-hmm. obviously can skate. So they have some skaters. Um, they just have to be more crisp with their precision. I think they got rid of a lot of the guys that weren't crisp on their passes, like Jake Voracek and Ghost. They always ended up passing to the skate or two two feet in front of the guy. Uh, it, I think that's a huge difference between last year's team and this year's team. The tic-tac-toe passing and not knowing, like, having that anxiety watching a game as they're taking off up the ice and they pass it way too front of them and it ends up being an icing. <laughs> it, yeah. That's a, that's a huge difference in the, the way you play a game. And, and Richard is uh, right on point with us. Um, a lot of it is the quality of passing and, and Richard also brings up a point, which I need to address the one thing. And you guys will be able to fill in the black blank in a second, man. It's the one thing that they have to clean up and they've kind of, been fortunate is what the penalty killing no not the yeah. penalty killing the penalties the penalties their, their right. penalty yeah. killing's been pretty damn if their penalty killing wasn't good they'd be in deep trouble i mean they had they had what didn't they give uh, the oilers like seven power plays or florida seven. florida seven power plays. yes i mean you can't you can't you can't survive in the nhl getting dominated um giving up more penalties and having power play opportunities, it's just going to bite you. And when you play teams like Florida and Edmonton and give them too many too many uh, power play opportunities, you are playing with fire. And they lucked out against those teams as far as – I mean, they lost ultimately to, to Florida, but it wasn't because of, the, of giving up power plays. In fact, they scored shorthanded against them. But, my God, they got to clean that up. And maybe maybe we should chart this, fans. How have they been since Nick Obey-Kubel has been out of the lineup with their penalties? Hmm. He's, he's he's usually left for a couple stupid ones a game and a turnover could lead to his teammate having a stupid penalty to cover up for him now That's i gotta true. hook the guy to some extent all Very right true. so yeah so so our next question i we, we pretty much addressed the flyers they they had a really solid road trip they have we'd like to think a, a an easy game tonight as it were again there's no easy games in professional sports right but they should come out on top especially at home especially with rest um we know they have two tough games with pittsburgh and washington we think they'll probably split which wouldn't be an awful thing um so let's talk about the nhl gentlemen are there any players and i'll start with you vance are there any players in the nhl right now that are jumping out at you as wow, typical great year. I didn't see this coming. Um, a, a kind of a no name guy that's that stepped up, and you're like, wow, look at this guy. Anyone's really jumping out at you? I have I have a couple guys on my list. Vance, who, who who's jumping out at you? Not these aren't no name guys, but you know when you look at the L.A. Kings and you see what Kopitar is doing. Yeah, like he continues to play well year in and year out, no matter who's around him. Um, you know, we don't really get to see him a lot because he plays out on the West Coast, but he's a really, really good hockey player, really good hockey player. And a guy that I think is really taking a step so far this year, who I was actually going to get his jersey last year was is Kyle Connor 
Yeah, you from, know, I, you know, I love him and his one timer from Winnipeg. Yeah. From Winnipeg, I think he he's pretty much like at a, over a point per game. Yep. So far, I think through seven or eight games, he's got fourteen points. Um, so he's a guy that I see, you know, taking the next step on that team. Nope, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and for me, I'll get to you, Nikki Nuts. For me, as far as skaters go, now listen, these not all these guys are assist generators, but I think Chris Kreider's had a terrific year for the Rangers. Um, and the two guys in Calgary that are just listen, yes. as great as Calgary has been, they've really been a two-person um, train. Kachuk's starting to get his mojo going, but Elias Lindholm and Mangiapane. Now, Mangiapane is a name that a lot of people don't know, but those two guys have really stepped it up. And I have to go with our our very own Cam Atkinson. He's come here with a lot of um, pressure. Listen, this team this team had a bunch of acquisitions. They got rid of a beloved Jacob Voracek. A lot of a lot of fans love Jake Voracek. Um, a lot, a lot of fans were probably okay to see him go, but he was also, uh, you know, uh, but he was, he, he was a veteran that, that, um, a lot of people like bottom line is Atkinson comes to a team that had a miserable year and he's lived up to the hype. So those three guys, those four guys, Kreider, Lindholm, Manjipani, and our very own Cam Atkinson have been um, stalwarts for me this this season thus far as the skaters. Uh, Nicky Nuts, your, your people. Yeah, I was going to say the two guys from Calgary as well. Okay. Those guys, they stood out in my mind. Uh, I think they, 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 they skate very, very well. And I didn't even really know who they were before we played them. And I was like, whoa, they stood out. And, uh, Johnny Johnny Hockey, I mean, he played awesome too, but he's known as a a good player. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I wish we would just pluck him and take put him on this team, but uh, that's wishful thinking. Well, I believe Johnny Hockey um, and Kachuk are free agents after this year, so Calgary has to make some decisions. Um, and again, Vance, I, I don't want to get into the what and the whys, but we did have someone that said the Flyers don't have any interest in Johnny Hockey. Remember we had that guest? Yes. So yep. I don't want to elaborate as to why, or honestly, I don't even remember his, his, his reasoning as to why, but he didn't see that as a, as a marriage that was going to ever happen. Now from the goalies point of view, now you know me, Vance. I'm all about save percentage. I, that's just a stat that I I, I won in my goaltender. And again, I, I go back to um, Jacob Markstrom, nine fifty seven save percentage. I mean that's that's ungodly good. Right behind him, Frederick Anderson, nine fifty six. Last I look, Cal- Carolina was eight and zero, Vance. And you said it. The NHL did us yep. no favors by putting them in our division. My man Igor Shosturkin, nine forty-seven. Yes. So you know, and and then you know that, that, that those are those are you know it's, it's the season's still early. When you, it's kind of like uh, in baseball, when a guy's batting four fifty, the first month of the season, you, you know the batting average is going to drop, right, Vance? Yeah. Save percentage is is not going to stay around nine fifty all year, but these guys are on fire right now from the goaltending point of view. 
what goalies are really jumping out at you, Vance? Yeah, so Anderson. Anderson, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't he with the uh, Maple Leafs in the past? There's yeah. Craig Anderson and Frederick Anderson. I think Frederick Anderson was yeah. with the Maple Leafs. If yeah, I'm not Craig mistaken. Anderson was the the old goaltender that that was used last year by Washington. You remember? Right. Yeah, Frederick Anderson is the Anderson you want. Yeah, so Anderson, I think yeah. through what seven games has only given up nine goals. Yeah. He's at one point two nine per game. That's pretty. That's pretty ridiculous. I mean, but what's it go to, Vance? What's it go to? You, you, you mentioned it. Would it goes to their team structure and their defensive structure? And right? they have one of the best defensive units, right? In the, in the they made they made Peter Morazic look like a really good goaltender again. Yep. with Carolina, right? They did. Peter Morazic was one of our ten goalies three yep. years ago. <laughs> yep. And he didn't. And he didn't show anything, right? So, but 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 yeah. That being said. You still got to you guys still got to stop the puck, right? But the defensive structure that Carolina plays, Vance, Mister Smooth Crew, and Pads would have a nine thirty save percentage. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee it. Nikki Nuts, who is jumping out of you? I I say Bob. Bob oh, yeah. is playing phenomenal with Florida. I think he is one of the top four goalies right now going. And then I would I can't say the guy's name, but the New York Rangers goalie Yankee. Uh, I won't even try. I'll embarrass myself. Wait, wait. <laughs> my my favorite goalie on the Rangers. Yes, your yours. Yes, Shisterkin. You can't say Shisterkin. Shister, uh, yeah, don't no, Shisterkin. It's the family. It's the family show. Don't say. Don't <laughs> yeah, right. Don't say Shisterkin's name. Wrong. Those 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 two goalies are really popping for me and jumping off the the page every time right. I see them play. They 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 are. And who would have thought Bob is still killing it today after being in the league for, what, 12, 12 years now? Listen, listen, I mean, what, Lundquist played solid hockey till he was 37, 38, all those guys. Again, these are, these, are, these are athletes that have the sports science of today behind them, the, the, the proper eating, conditioning. Back in the day, players would come to training camp just to get in shape. These guys are 24-7. Athletic machines. And Bob's only 33 years old. And and again, I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. The two goalies that, to me, are clones are Shosturkin and Bobrovsky. Shosturkin's a young Bobrovsky. They've got those telescopic legs that come out of nowhere. It's like, go, 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 gadget legs activate. And they just shoot out and make saves. Yeah, so, Richard said it was, uh, he, he has a 9-4-4 save percentage. Yeah, Bobrovsky's Bobrovsky. on fire. Listen, Richard... If you know anything about me, by season's end, I'm not satisfied with my goal unless they have a 920 save percentage, right? I've said that with Vance a number of times. So we're, when we're, we're, we're in the upper stratosphere of 940 and above right now. You know, again, let's, let's make it somewhat similar to baseball where the batting average isn't going to stay above 400 throughout the season. But, you know, these go, these guys are going to be in the nine threes, low nine fours, the equivalent of maybe batting three eighty for the season. That's how good some of these goalies are. And again, it goes back to Vance's point: the defensive structure of a team will and can make a goalie great. That being said, that goes out the window in the playoffs. It what sure goalie, does. What goalie Vance always is great in a regular season and doesn't perform well in the playoffs? You picked him as your Vesna candidate this year. Oh, uh, Flurry. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. I, I, I would never fear for Flory in, in the playoff series. But he's always a, a terrific regular season goalie because he's generally on good teams that have great sound defensive structure. All right. Moving on. Let's 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 um hey, wait a minute, Vance. Wait a minute, hold on, hold on. Let me get rid of uh, the proverbial fancy schmancy and ask you a very important question, Vance. What time is it, Vance? It's time for the penalty box. Yes. I love that one. <laughs> you know I love what? that. You know, Richard, as much as I love you for uh, commenting, I, I, I wish I had your question off the screen. It was blocking some of our graphics. No. So this penalty box topic was inspired by a rule that I am not fond of this year. Now, I believe a penalty is a penalty, but I believe when ticky tack is added to certain things. I don't like it. And the cross-checking rule, I think, is going to be a disaster. You know, you, they're literally going to call it so tight that when you cross-check a guy in the back, it's a penalty. Not, not, even, with, not even with a lot of um, anger or, or energy behind it. And, 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 and I, don't, I, I don't like the rule. So it, so it um, is a rule that I'm not thrilled with. I don't know how long it'll stick. Um, and I, I guarantee when crunch time and playoffs happen, the yep, it'll be bye-bye. It won't be, or it won't be called as intense. But here, it's, so it triggered this penalty box topic. Great rule changes for the betterment of the sport, unlike the cross-check penalty. So eliminating the skate in the crease. As Flyer fans, ladies and gentlemen, we had – two bulls named Lindros and LeClaire in the mid-90s that must have had 20 goal a year taken away for having any part of their skate in the blue crease, even if the goalie was on the sideboards in a lounge chair reading a magazine. <laughs> they took the goal away. So what eliminated that rule? An overtime Stanley Cup goal by the great Brett Hull in the 99 Stanley Cup against the Sabres. And that's the image right there. His foot is in the crease, and the puck is in the net. And Buffalo won the cup in overtime. And the following year, that rule was eliminated. If the player had a scoring opportunity without obstructing the goalie, his foot, his skate could be in the crease. So that is a rule for the betterment of the game. Vance, what can you tell us about why I believe the calling of hooking is for the betterment of the game? Damn, I honestly don't remember having much of this conversation with you, so you need to enlighten me. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be the Dan penalty box segment. All right. Yeah, it is. So, well, if you recall, I... if you if, visualize this, you remember the remember they 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 said the passing of the torch when Eric Lindros pulled past Messi and put the puck in the empty net as we eliminated the Rangers to go on to the Stanley Cup against the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. What did Lindros do? He caught off him from behind and he pulled him by the waist and propelled himself past Messe, a blatant hook. And that's that's what happened all the time in the NHL. They would just they would they would they would hook each other 24-7. And in conjunction with the hooking was the was the clutching and grabbing. It all came out of the lockout era. And 
Um, so clutching and grabbing could be a graphic as well. Um, Lindros and Leclerc would be bear hug behind the net by Odeline, by by Danico, by Stevens. You just name it. They were just bear hugged. Now, if you grab the guy's wrist for a second, you get called for holding. And it's freed up um, the offense and a lot of the clutching and grabbing. So for me, post, you know, lockout, I like these hooking and, and clutching and grabbing rules. Gentlemen, do you agree with the beneficial um, rule calling of hooking and clutching and grabbing? I like it. I, I, I like it, but I don't like how they call it. I don't like the fact that a stick can be vertical and they just call it. Even though it doesn't touch them, just because a stick went vertical, they call it. it there has to be some sort of contact, and it, it, that drives me nuts. But I do like the fact that they do call it, and it's used. But I don't like the way they have it where it's just once the stick goes vertical. They got to change that up where there has to be at least a little bit of contact. And it leaves a lot to refs to encipher whether they did or they didn't. Or I, it, It's tough for refs to call that the way it is because all they see is a vertical stick and they're like, and then you get a thousand more power plays. Vance? So clutching and grabbing, that's a good topic. I mean, under today's rules, that pretty much cost the Flyers two two shots at a cup, I would say, right? Going against the Devils? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Bobby Holik, too, would just they, he would just maul people. Yeah, so you, absolutely. And that's why I've, I've said many times Lindros in today's game would even be more dynamic than the Lindros of yesteryear. Because, A, he wouldn't have people running at him because that enforcer mentality is not around anymore. And B, he they they couldn't they couldn't hold him and 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 like they did and say you know to some extent Leclerc too, so so you seem to be in favor of advance right? I am I am indeed. So another another rule that was so much for the betterment of hockey was eliminating the two line offside pass. Now Nick, you might be too young. Now Vance, no, I, I I know it. Okay, so there is a time where if you pass the puck from your defensive behind your defensive blue line to a teammate on the other side of the red line. It was an offside pass. It was called a two line offside pass because it went over your blue line and over the red line. Mm-hmm. And it w- there wasn't even a red line in Europe. So eventually again, a, a post lockout rule, they eliminated the two line offside pass. So for the betterment of hockey. And I, I don't think you guys would argue that that's for the betterment of hockey. Vance. Yeah, I I, I agree with that, Dan. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. See, Vance doesn't have to say much to say a lot. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nikki Nuts, your thoughts I, on – I absolutely love it. All right. And another rule that – I don't know if you're familiar with this, gentleman. In the 86-87 season, the tag-up rule was first instituted. And then they got rid of it in the early 2000s to bring it back. I believe in, I think I want to say 05. So the tag up rule is a rule where you can dump the puck into your offensive zone. And if the teammates in the zone, he has time to get out as long as no other players enter the zone. It can't be used obviously for scoring opportunities via a pass 
or while you're stick handling with the puck. But if it's more for a dumping concept, instead of blowing that whistle, they allow the players to, as it were, leave the zone, which is called tagging up. So Vance had to leave. He had another obligation. But Nicky Nuts, do you like the tag up rule? And do you remember when they temporarily got rid of it? I was like, what are you doing? I, I love it. I, I love it. Keep the game moving. It drove me nuts when they when they would call offsides on that. It, it was absolutely nuts. So is this your dad again? Yes. Yep. He's right. I love right. the icing rule. I do and I don't. I love it. I, I I think sometimes, Mr. Crisco, they they blow it too early and the guy with the better angle would have definitely gotten to the puck quicker. I think if it's an absolute no-brainer, blow that whistle early. But when you've got a tired defenseman going for the puck and you've got a guy that's flying down the ice that's parallel to him and, you know, based on the angle, I, sometimes they, they get it wrong. I, I agree with you there. For the safety of the player, I, I get it. I mean, back in the day when, you know, Lindros would destroy you behind the net when you got to the puck. Yep. Just a second before the whistle was blown. So, yeah. And Richard's, I think, on board with me. Richard, I feel the same way. I I think the whistle's blown too early, and I think often if they had let it play naturally, the other guy would have actually gotten to the puck first. Yeah, but I like the disadvantage that it gives the other player because or the other team because now you got tired players on the ice and you got to go all the way back to the other side. But that would still and- be the case for traditional icing, right? Icing is icing. No, but the same line had to stay on. They no, didn't. no, no. I'm, the two different, two different topics here. One is the no. I like, I like that rule where if you ice the puck in general, whether it was touched by the team or not. I'm talking about the not touching of the puck. Yeah. Before. For yeah, I'd rather that play out too. You're yeah. Right. So I, I, that's where I'm fifty-fifty. I do love the fact that tired players have to stay on the ice. No, no. I agree with that hundred percent. But that could still. That could still be in play if they played out icing if it was like a bang-bang play. Yeah. But it's a safety issue, so I get it. And another rule I quickly want to address as we wrap up our show is the institution of the goalie trapezoid, which was in 2004, 2005. A lot of these rules were post-lockout to make the game better. It's essentially the Martin Brodeau rule. rule. Yep. Um, and before him, it was Hextall. And before Hextall, it was Tom Barrasso. Three of the, probably the best um, – stick handling goalies and puck control goalies we've ever seen. But uh, Brodeur in particular would just go way beyond where the current trapezoid is, stop the puck and just wrist it right out of the zone. It was, it was, it, it was uh, for the flyers that were, have always been and seem to always will be a dump and chase team. It, it, it destroyed the flow of the game. So keeping the goalies kind of in that trapezoid, I think is for the betterment of hockey. Now, especially Especially um, now that those goalies are retired and you can't say, uh, screwed the devils. I think it's for the ultimately the betterment of hockey. And then I would have said this even with a young Hextall on our team. Your thoughts, Nick? I'm f- this is one of the rules where I'm 50 50 on. I'm 50 50 on it because I like the fact that it keeps the goalies in the trapezoid, it keeps them protected. And all that. But I also loved when the goalie got smashed in the corner because then he becomes an actual skater. I That ch- just changed the whole level of intensity in a game 
And it could change a game completely if you ran at somebody's goalie like that. And in this day and age, they take that away because they're in the trapezoid. So I'm like 50-50. I like the fact that goalies aren't getting crushed, but I also miss the fact that goalies aren't getting crushed. (laughs) Yeah, well, not only that, again, that's part of the game that has gone bye-bye. You know, the goalies don't get crushed because that that would lead to fighting and brawls. And it just, it's, it's, it's an old, it's an old era now. I miss those days though. Yeah. Again, you're talking to Dan old school green. So I totally get you. So ladies (laughs) and gentlemen, we have a game tonight. I think we'll hold off on a post game show for the capitals and penguins. Nikki nuts. I've got some things to do tonight. Cool. But I will watch the game, but I, I, I don't think a, a, a post game is in our future. So on behalf of Nikki Nuts and uh and our our colleague Vance, Mr. Smooth Crew, who had to leave early. I am Dan Green. Again, check us out on on YouTube, Heat Ratio Sports, on Apple Pod. And again, as I mentioned earlier, you've got to check out NV Streams for your TV watching opportunity now. Cut that cord. Don't consider YouTube. Don't consider Hulu Plus. It's Envy Streams. And when you need to get a haircut, where should they go, Nikki Nuts? They got to go to Fuse Barbershop, baby. Newtown, Pennsylvania. Yep. He is Nikki Nuts. I am Dan Green. We are Flyers and I brought to you by the He Ratio Sport Network. Good night. Good hockey. Go, go Flyers. Flyers. We said it all. Good night, boys. Later. <laughs>